paranormal experiences don't really work to a timescale, and therefore, for the spooky season, and indeed for the whole of season 13, we invite you to listen to a dark mini-sode. Hi everyone, and welcome to mini-sode number two. And I'd like to thank each and every one of you for the wonderful feedback regarding our first minisode. The experiences that we cover here on these minisodes will only be played on these minisodes. They won't appear on our Dark Bites for Patreons, and they certainly won't appear on the Dark Paranormal show itself. Last week's minisode was spotted by a few of you as a story that was recognisable. And that's quite simply because I've been doing paranormal podcasting for about six years now. And around two years ago, I decided to delete around four years' worth of shows as I rebranded that particular podcast. Now, what that meant, unfortunately, was around four years' worth of people's submissions had gone forever. And it did play on my mind for some time, the fact that people had sat down to take the time and write out their experiences that I'd just basically thrown them into the ether. And I therefore thought, what a perfect opportunity, with it being the spooky month and of course season 13, to use a select number of those experiences for these minisodes. Now, not every minisode will feature one of those tales. But if you do find yourself having an air of recognition about a particular minisode, well, now you know why. Plus, it also means you've been following my podcasting journey for quite a while, so sincerely thank you. Our first experience today comes from Josh, and he writes, Hi there. I've debated sending this in on a few occasions. This is a story I've only told to a few people and not one I've ever put into words. The occurrences began in October 2008, and I was in college at Greenville, North Carolina, USA at the time. One night, my six friends, and a girl I was trying to impress, wanted something to do other than just sit around. One friend excused themselves and returned with a Ouija board and recommended we drive down to the local graveyard just to see what would happen. Well, I was always taught growing up to never use a Ouija board. But being 18 and invincible, I still decided to not put my hands on the board. But I would drive everyone down and remain an observer. We parked and walked through the middle of the graveyard, sitting under a massive tree. And my four friends proceeded to open the lines of communication to the other side. I vaguely remember the ones of us who were not participating. Instead, we were making jokes and trying to scare the individuals with their hands on the board. As soon as the group opened the Ouija board up, they immediately had some activity. The spirit that came to the board was supposedly a young woman named Sarah who was murdered in the 1950s by her lover, or so the board said. While we did not see her grave at the graveyard, we did confirm later, via old records at the town library, 
that there was indeed a woman who went missing in the 1950s named Sarah. And her boyfriend was the main suspect in her disappearance. But he was never charged. After asking a few more questions, such as, how's the afterlife? and, what do you do in your free time there? The planchette immediately began to move erratically and then stopped. At this point, no one seemed to be joking. And the group that was playing with the board seemed more curious. So they asked what happened to Sarah. At first, there was no answer. Then the words, she's gone, were spelt out. At this point, I started to get a chill. I wasn't sure whether this was the paranormal or just me starting to freak out, but I felt it all the same. My friends then asked who they were speaking to, and the question was ignored multiple times. I was getting steadily more and more uncomfortable, but I couldn't stop listening. Then, when did you die? came out of Ryan's mouth, and the answer that was given was never. Once this answer came through, I decided to just run as quickly as I could away from the place. I got this weird feeling that if I didn't run then, I wouldn't have the opportunity to again. The others also felt the same, and we all left the spot as quick as we could, without closing the board. The drive back to our dorms was done in silence, and we never spoke of that night again. Fast forward three years, and most of the original group have gone their own ways. I'd all but forgotten about the events of that October night. I was living with one of the users of the Ouija board, and we'd all gotten along really well. One night, we were having a deep discussion about the fears of where life would take us after college. I sat down on the couch and was talking with him, when the TV turned on with loud static. Immediately I got a chill, but I then brushed it off as maybe someone else in our apartment having the same TV remote, and they must be on the same frequency. We turned the TV off and kept on with our conversation. After about five minutes, the living room TV, the TV in my room and the TV in his room all turned on at the same time. Well, that was enough for both of us, and we left that night and did not go back until we'd finalised an agreement to move out a few days later. Since that night, I've experienced weird occurrences, such as cabinets opening and closing by themselves, footsteps that always seem to end at my bedroom door, and random laughing. My most recent experience happened on Thursday night. I woke up around 3.15am with a chill that I just couldn't seem to shake. In closing, I just want to say that there may be some listening that don't believe my tale, and that's fine. I know what I've seen and what I've experienced, and I'm not here to advocate for anything other than to finally share my experience that I deem mysterious and terrifying. From Josh. Now, with that amazing little experience there, 
there is something that I say often on our Patreon show, Dark Bites. And that is, sometimes an experience, no matter the length, will have a certain air of authenticity which you just can't put your finger on. But it's within the cadence, it's within how the experience is explained, or, such as in this case, in how the email is signed off, which for me gives it this air of authenticity. It's how Josh phrases it at the end of the email, which for me solidifies the authenticity of the story. And that is, I'm not here to advocate for the paranormal. I don't care if you believe me. I'm just submitting my terrifying experience. Any paranormal podcaster such as myself, who deals with listener experiences, all very quickly realise when someone is either trying to pull your leg or trying to do a creative writing exercise. And just as quickly as you learn to spot these manufactured stories, you also learn to notice what is genuine. They leap off the screen at you and send a chill down your spine, and they can be as small as one single paragraph. So once more, thank you, Josh, for your submission. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to-do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Now let's move on to our final experience for today's mini-sode. I'm from small town Louisiana, USA. Louisiana is inundated with ghost stories, and I love going on tours and staying in haunted places but I've never really experienced anything, until a few years ago, that is, when I had two things happen. The first is when I took a few college friends over to New Orleans to experience the culture and the atmosphere. We chose an older hotel to stay in because, well, we were broke. We were college kids, 
That night, we went on a ghost tour, and the tour stopped in front of our hotel. Then the tour guide started talking about the ghost on the second floor, room 208. Well, we were staying in room 206. Some of my friends were freaked out, but I didn't really think much of it as Louisiana is haunted. Check out Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville or just about any other place in New Orleans. That night, after getting knackered on the streets, the five of us went back to the hotel. We only had two beds, so one of my friends had to sleep on a pallet on the floor. The hotel had no windows, so when the lights were out, it was pitch black. The bathroom also had a very weird bathroom door that was slatted, so you could see if someone was in it, and we left the light on to give a little light. That night, I was awoken by footsteps in the room. Not being able to see much, I assumed it was one of my friends. I decided, since I was awake, that I would use the restroom. But when I got to the door, it was closed, and I could tell there was a large figure in the bathroom. My friend, who was sleeping on the floor, was a large guy, so I assumed it was him. I waited a few seconds for him to finish, but he never came out, so I decided just to go back to bed. As I'm walking back to bed, I look to the pallet on the floor and notice my large friend is asleep on the floor and not in the bathroom. I freeze where I am. I'm too afraid to turn around, but notice that it's gotten very cold. I decided I'd slowly go back to bed and just hide under the covers, and I didn't get much sleep that night. The next morning, another friend that was sleeping in the opposite bed mentioned that he'd also gotten up to go to the bathroom and noticed a large figure in there, thinking also it was our friend. But our friend on the floor said he never got up once that night. And when I told him my story, we all just looked at each other in silence. We checked out early that morning. My other story happened about two years later. My brother and sister-in-law had recently moved into a new house. They had two young children, Jax, who was three, and Willow, who was one, almost two. I was at their house all the time, just to play with the kids. One evening, my sister-in-law and I were sitting in the living room, talking away when the rocking chair started rocking on its own. Nothing dramatic and fast, just slow and steady rocking. We both just stared in shock. I went over to see if there was a draft or any air conditioning maybe blowing on it. But since it was in the corner of the room, there was nothing. As we're looking at it, the chair stops rocking. Now, I'm completely freaked out, but I try to rationalise it. The next night, we're again in the living room, and again, the chair starts rocking. Then we catch laughter on Willow's baby monitor. Believe me. There is nothing creepier than hearing children's laughter over a baby monitor. We go to check on her, and she's standing up in her crib, 
facing the back wall, laughing. She's laughing and reaching out to something that is in the back corner. She doesn't even notice we've walked in the room. All of a sudden, she stops laughing and quietly lays back down in her crib. This happened every night for a week. My sister-in-law decided she would reach out to the previous owners who happened to be friends, and they told her about when they lived there, doors used to open and close of their own accord, and they would hear creaks all over the house. But they didn't want to mention anything when they sold the house in case it was all in their heads. Thanks, friend. Over the next month, we noticed that both kids talk, laugh, point and play with something on the back wall of the nursery. My brother and sister-in-law decide they're going to change rooms, with them moving into the supposed haunted nursery. But everything stopped. They've never had any issues and the kids have stopped talking to this ghost. They still live in the house and sometimes I get the feeling of being watched and I've seen doors open of their own accord. But since nothing bad has happened, we all just live with it. My sister-in-law and I believe it's just a maternal ghost that loves children. And that comes to us from Haley. Now, perhaps I'm just a scaredy cat, but even if I thought a ghost within my house had good intentions... I'm pretty confident I'd make sure I'd done everything within my power to ensure that spirit no longer remained at my house. To use this exact example, I know humans who have a wonderful maternal instinct, but absolutely hate other human beings. So, sorry, as well-intentioned as a spirit may be, sharing a house with it is a definite no for me. But once again, thank you, Haley, for your submission. And so, that wraps up Minisode number two. I'll speak to you all again on Friday for The Dark Paranormal, Series 13, Episode 3. Until then, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.